0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson. With me is Colin Williams. And, Cal, what are your feelings in the wake of the season? And I don't mean, like, we're not going to rehash the season right now. There's plenty of time for that. It's the week after. Um, But just the feelings. Maybe not the technical element. The feelings about the end of something. About um, just how you approach things. It's sort of an interesting thing in sports to me because... Each season has its sort of beginning, its its evolution, its mm. end, its downtime, and you begin to look toward the next thing. I think it's one of the best things about sports, actually, is it sort of sort of like school. You know, we all miss – maybe we don't all miss school. But you know, there's something about the academic calendar. You know, it's like September. Like you sort of get this, this repeat year after year. Whereas when you become an adult and you stop following that, it just kind of all blurs together and, you know, like the, all, all the – the beginnings and, ends, beginnings and endings aren't as clear. I think in right. sports, you kind of get these nice beginnings and endings.
1: Um, obviously, every time the season comes to an end, regardless of, of how it's ended, I'm always like, All right, then. "What? what now? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just completely worthless without Major League Soccer in my life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean... Um, I mean, look, the good thing is, obviously, I know we're going to talk about this later, but we have the playoffs forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, not for Minnesota United, but for, for uh, an array of teams that, that I think are deserving of postseason football. And uh, for me, it's th- this part of the season and over the last couple of weeks are, are really, Steve, the most exciting time of the season. In any sport, really. Yeah. You know, just when you know that you, you, you desperately need to pick up the points to win, you, you are... Absolutely in need of of getting a result, and if you don't, then it's it's catastrophic, you know. And um, it, I think I must have said a million times, it's the, the business end of the season uh, over the last couple of weeks because that's what it has been. So it's um, you know I, I think for I think I speak collectively for the for the entirety of the the front office here. We've sort of been been waiting for for Allianz Field and sort of 2019 for the last couple of months <laughs> yeah you know um and that's not saying um we weren't focusing on on 2018 but what it's what it's insinuating is that we're ready for for next season o- already it was sort of half time of that columbus crew game and i was like Right, let's let's get going with the next season now. You know, I'm sort yeah. of I, I'm ready. If there was a game, if the season started in a couple of hours, I'd be ready to call it tomorrow. Like I'm, right. I'm already ready to go. Right, you know. Right. But I, I feel like there's been a collective feeling within this organization like that for a long time. It's been like, right, let's yeah. let's get going. Let's yeah. get going right now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's an issue that happens sometimes with um, as people look at at teams and organizations, and I think especially nowadays with an increasing emphasis on. Uh, analysis and efficiency and maximal production and, and things like that. Like, teams are just are collections of people, you know? Like, yep. any organization is a collection of people. And to some extent, the way that manifests itself is that there's a collective feeling, there's a collective sense, and, and, and no one individual person can drive that. It, it just sort of accrues to a group. And I think it's true that it's like, you know, we're looking at Allianz Field. We here spend a lot of time, you know, uh, we've gotten to visit it. We've gotten to be inside it. We've gotten sort of the, the grass is down. It looks amazing. You know, we're talking about uh, relationships that are being built. You know, we're about uh, partnerships and, and, and different locations within the building and what they're going to be like. And so it's just almost impossible not to be looking forward to that um, in, in some ways. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up, which is, which is coming up this week, which I think is also – is a, a, there's a lack of appreciation uh, for it sometimes – is the consequences of the end of the season for for players. Um, and and just sort of a reminder, like, I think it's easy. We get caught up. I get caught up in it watching a game and thinking about, like, that, guy, that guy's doing great. This guy's not living up to his potential. And I don't just mean, like, it, with just Minnesota United or really? with even soccer but anytime you're watching a game it's really easy to get caught up in like the production and the success and is this guy driven and is this guy doing what he's supposed to do and everything like that but like over the next couple of weeks like some of these guys are just going to find out that they're not going to be back you yep. know across MLS you know like this is a time for any team that's not in the playoffs to start making those evaluations and in MLS you know the the contracts are you know a couple years usually there's not a long-term contracts mm-hmm. in the same way there are in, in some other sports and, you know, these guys are all – they have real lives with significant others, with kids. Uh, you know, they're they are not going to have this job. And, and in one of the most competitive fields there is, which is professional sports. You know, like these guys were guys who were at the top of every team they played for um, up until they get to the major leagues. You know, yep. some of them are trying to hang on in a very competitive world, um, you know. And, and again, it's like, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, <laughs> cry a, a mess of tears, you know, like they are doing a job that they love, I hope, um, that is something that they've been trained for and worked towards their entire life. And it's something that they love doing and hopefully they're being compensated fairly well for it. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're not coming back to an MLS team, you're looking at the USL, you're looking at other options, you're looking abroad. A lot of those are a step down and you're looking at a, a career where your real productive years are not that many. Mm. You know, if, if if you're someone who's listening to this and you're in your late 20s or early 30s, like imagine basically being unable to do the job you've been training for and working in for decades within the next couple of years. Yep. Like that that and then you got to figure out something else to do.
1: Just get your thoughts.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the team the team has to make those decisions. You know, that's their job. This is one of the hard things is is making those decisions that are in the best interests of putting together a winning team. They can't dwell too much on the feelings about it. But, like, just as people who watch the sport as commentators, I just sort of wanted to make a nod to that, to say that, you know, these the players give a lot of what they have to the team, and then sometimes they're not going to be in the team's future plans. And that's that can be a little tough, I think.
1: Yeah, I think um, I, I mentioned this on social media, on Twitter last week, um, that sometimes it's very easy to forget that, that sports players, whatever the sport they, they play, um, that they are human beings. Right. I posted something on Twitter, which was an absolutely exceptional interview with the Manchester City manager, Pep Guardiola. Mm -hmm. And it was all about his personal life and sort of what kind of music he likes, what drives him, what makes him the person he is. And again, it just sort of resonated with me. I was like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of times when, you know, people forget that, um, you know, and people working in sport as well. They they forget that, that everyone has a family to look after. People can forget that. We people are just normal human beings like themselves as well. You know, it's just that, you know, at times people in this industry can be in the spotlight, um, especially those on the field. So, look, I mean, you're right. It's it. This is going to be a difficult period for for quite a few players. I, in my opinion, that there will be a fair amount of of players that will be fine. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them will end up staying in the United States. But I think also a, a fair amount of them may very well have to venture elsewhere and, and, and look for look for football elsewhere, and that's fine. Like that's you know what I will say is what what a glorious option that is for them. You know, imagine if this was a situation uh, if you were you know like an NFL player. You know, I mean you've got the CFL and, right. and that's about it, really. I mean, to, to my knowledge, you can't go and play American football anywhere else. So, yeah, yeah. And um, at least with with as the world knows that you you have other countries that that play it and the, uh, most other countries around the world so yeah. well I agree that you know there's there's not going to be um, a significant rise in, in terms of the quality of the leagues that some of these people may may go to uh, we, we don't know that but but that's what you would assume yeah if someone goes and plays in Sweden or uh, if someone goes and plays in Norway or somewhere like that you know um, that that's not a level up from from Major League Soccer, but look at the end of the day, if you are a player who's been earning a, you know, a decent wage for the majority of your life playing in MLS, and and you get an opportunity to go and play in Norway or, or Sweden or whatever, I I think that would be quite an exciting time. Now, obviously, yeah. it depends on on that person's personal situation. They might not be able to go, but I would always say, embrace it. You know, if if you're if you are a player, embrace it and and go and go and try something new while you can because you you can't do that when you're 40 years old. So, yeah, yeah. you know, give it a go and just see what happens. So it's a really intriguing time, Steve. I, I think there's going to be a lot of movement over the next couple of months. But, um, you know, look, for, for those who who aren't sticking around or, or we can say from the front offices, thank you for everything that, that you've done and playing your your part in, in the growth of this franchise. And, um We look forward to seeing you wherever that is next.
0: Yeah, yeah. Put me in mind of um, Joe Greenspan, who's been he's been doing really well with Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Mm -hmm. um, who he went on loan to a couple times last year. And I, you know, Joe was one of the first players where I felt like I sort of made a bit of a personal connection because on on media day uh, last year he talked about photography and how he was sort of passionate about photography. And so I ended up doing an interview with him about that. And he's really into nature and uh, hiking and and bringing his camera along and and doing film and sort of, you know, he he does, he has some digital, he has some film and he does different things. He shared some of his photos with me and, um, and we would talk music, and mm-hmm. he, he was a big music fan. And so, you know, like he'd be like, "Oh, did you check out this this new record? Have you listened to that?" And, right. You know, and it was, you know, like when he when he left, you know, he wasn't he wasn't kept with the team. You know, we just had a, a nice little exchange of It's been great to get to know you, and everything like that. So it's good to see him have those successes. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at different levels. And again, it's like successes. It's how you define it. I think. You know, and it's it, it, finding the right place that makes that that is a success for you is really important um and that's and that's that's terrific he's also really tall um i don't remember that but man was he tall
1: (laughs) yes he was yeah big big boy
0: (laughs) yes uh okay let's move on and talk a little bit about the playoffs um specifically this year's playoffs let's go over the structure of playoffs in the mls Hmm. I, i wrote this out um so the top six teams in each conference qualify for the playoffs hopefully we all know this I'm just assuming that maybe there's some people who are listening to this podcast who are not familiar with the structure sure. of MLS. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. The two top-ranked teams in each conference receive buys through the first knockout round. The third through sixth-place teams play this knockout round, which is the first round. That starts this week. Single-game eliminations start this week with NYCFC versus uh, the Union. That's at 6 p.m. And Dallas versus Portland at 8.30 on Wednesday. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, then DC United versus Columbus is at 7 p.m. and LAFC versus Real Salt Lake is at 9.30 p.m. on Thursday. Those times are all central times. The winning teams uh, from those games will go into the conference semifinals, which is a two-game series with home and away legs, yep. and then uh, advance on aggregate score. Uh, away that,
1: goals count as well, oh, I, yes. I, I believe.
0: Yes. Uh, go uh, Explain the away goal principle. So away goals, for those
1: unaware, if, if you score more away goals and the tie over the two legs finishes 2-2, then the team that has scored more away goals will go through it.
0: So if one team has scored one home goal and one away go- goal, and the other team has scored two away goals, the team with the away Correct. goals go ahead.
1: that. Then um, we all go on vacation for two weeks. <laughs> we do, which I, I find bizarre, but hey, this is it is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know enough about... I mean, this is for an
1: international break. It right? is, it is, which, you know, I understand... Um, I just think two weeks is a long time because yeah. you lose momentum. It's kind of like right, well, let's get into arguably the biggest part of the season, and then we'll just take a break. Yeah. I again, this this is another another issue which we have in this league, and I, I, I'm for me, we should never go to the international football calendar because you can't you can't play a game here, a regular season game, on a, a January 11th evening or whatever when it's negative. Fifty thousand degrees outside. Right, right, Yeah, you can't do it. People would not come to the games. Yeah, it's um,
0: already really late. The Cup final is going to be on December eighth. Yep. So that's already pretty late.
1: Yep. So um, you, it,
0: it's like you can't. You know, in some ways, it seems to me it would make if you had to sort of maintain basically the shape of the season as it is now. Mm-hmm. Have the elimination round, then a break. So then yep. you have sort of like three consecutive well, sets. Yeah, uh, and so in that way, then the elimination round is almost. An extension of the regular season. It's mm-hmm. sort of a way to just. It's almost like the wild card in baseball or something like yep, that. Absolutely. But then you're talking about pushing. You're pushing another week deep into the. So you're playing the final in the middle of December, which is hardly ideal. So.
1: Yeah, but also as well, that there were a lot of. Um, a lot of midweek games this this week as well. Yeah. So let's stretch out the season a bit more. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's long enough. Yeah. Just stretch it out another week. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, it's a it's a sticky problem. I mean, it's a big enough problem during the year when a you sticky lose sticky problem. A sticky wicket, <laughs> I think is the is okay. what I was going for. I sure. Is that a British term? It's a croquet term.
1: It's a croquet term. Yeah,
0: well, wait, they use wickets in they croquet, do, you yes. know. So the idea is like you can't. It's it's like the idea of a magnetic wicket. So that you're trying to get through the wicket, and then and then the ball sticks to it. So it's I, a sticky wicket. Sure, you've convinced me. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> It's a, it's a big enough sticky it's a sticky enough wicket in in the regular season when you're losing players, but if you're pulling some of the the, the league's top players out during the playoffs, it, it is problematic because you're like oh well it's LaFC but they don't have Carlos Vela or yes. something like that you know yeah that's 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 a problem so
1: it, it is and this is a unique issue which the league themselves have to figure out because there's so many there were so many times this season where we'll use Minnesota United for exa- an example, were without Francisco Calvo, without Rasmus Schuler, right. without Romario Ibarra and and several other players. Um, for me, when you look at some of the bigger stars in this league as well, you mentioned Carlos Vela. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you talk of Miguel Almirón at, at Atlanta United as well. All, all these players who are international players and, and, and play on their national team on a regular basis. For me, the league has to stop playing on the international weeks. We have to stop playing... This is not MLS 2010 anymore. This is MLS now moving into 2019. It's a very different league. The quality has improved dramatically. Mm-hmm. To me, see what this does when you play on an international week, it decreases the quality. It decreases the the, the products on the fields. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Right. This is a completely different debate for another day. I know, but I mean, I just I, we got I a lot don't... of
0: podcasts between now and the start of next season, yeah. so we can, <laughs> we can get
1: into it. I just, I just don't understand why the league would. Continue to play during the international break. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, but hey, I mean, these are people who way above my pay grade, That's above your pay grade much rate, right? much more smarter than I am. Right. But I, I, I just don't get it.
0: Plus, they don't probably don't say things like "much more smarter."
1: Problem. Anyways, <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about brackets. Okay,
0: I went through and I did my little my little pick for this. Um, uh, FC Dallas versus Portland. Who do you like? Let's go. Mm. Let's go rapid fire. We're not going an- to analyze this. Okay, Portland. Uh, I also picked Portland. LAFC versus Real Salt Lake. LAFC. Okay, that's that is also who I picked. All right, so uh, this is the Western Conference. Moving into the semis, uh, SKC versus Portland. SKC. Okay. All right, we're in line here. Uh, Seattle versus LAFC. Seattle. All right. So far, so good. Okay. SKC versus Seattle. SKC. Okay. All right. That's so SKC into the Cup final. Yep. Then. Okay. Eastern Conference. DC versus Columbus. DC. All right. NYCFC versus Philly. NYC. Okay. So far, this is not causing any controversy for me. Red Bulls versus DC. Red Bulls. Okay, I picked DC. Really? Yeah. Uh, the two uh, legs for okay. um for sentimental reasons. <laughs> for the for the story. I'm really enjoying. You know, it, honestly, it's like if you're talking about the, the the top teams. I mean, because I like DC as a dark horse, I feel like they are playing very well right now, um, and I like. I like the I like the concept of Wayne Rooney in in playoff football. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said you know what I'm saying. Anyways, um, so I like DC as the sort of Cinderella story. Um, I, I mean,
1: I don't disagree with you. I my just, heart
0: says DC. I think my head might say Red Bulls. I also really like Red Bulls. So
1: I mean, see, this is the thing we were talking about this uh, over the weekends. The Red Bulls have just had the best single season ever in the history of the league. Sure, and no one's saying anything about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I just think if they were the Red Bulls of old when they had Thierry Henry and Rafa Marquez, Tim Cahill, whatnot, I just think they would have more spotlight on them. That's wrong in my opinion. Let's yeah. let's celebrate what they've just done. Now, I, and look, let's not forget as well, they had a coaching change in the middle of this as well. Yeah. Now I know Chris Armus was the assistant and he moved up, so it's a coaching change in inverted commas, but sure. But it, it's still <laughs> it's still a change. Yeah. So for me, the Red Bulls, I think as well because over since the beginning of mls red bulls have always been the favorites yeah for whatever reason that is and they've always messed it up they've never <laughs> won an mls cup right in 23 years they've never won an mls cup this again is the, yeah. now the third time they've won me on the it. supporter's shield yeah i i just <laughs> for for me i i just i really really think the only way that the red bulls can can get people talking about them and getting people talking about this amazing regular season they've had is by winning MLS Cup. Cup yeah. That's the only way I can see people really turning their heads. Uh, you're, you're talking me into it. They're, they've just been so good, so I like effective. The, I like
0: this story. Uh, you're, you're selling me on the story of, of the Red Bulls franchise as part of this. <laughs> this <so. laughs>
1: Don't get me wrong. I'm with you, and I would love DC United to, to go far because they, yeah. their story has been magnificent. It's yeah. been great for the league. People in England are talking about it because of Rooney as well. Sure. You know, It would be great. But I just think the Red Bulls have have been in the postseason regularly in the modern day Major League Soccer more than most. Yeah, I, I just fancy the Red Bulls over two legs as well.
0: Yeah, the, the home the home thing, and they're also going to have home field the, the, as the supporter Shield winners. Like if they if they make it to the final, they will host the final. Correct. right? So Correct. and that's a huge advantage for them, obviously. Yep, so absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 wavering. Um, <laughs> Atlanta versus NYCFC. Atlanta. Okay. So in the conference finals, I have DC versus Atlanta. Kay. You would have Red Bulls versus Atlanta. Yeah, so Red Bulls or Atlanta, Atlanta.
1: So a lot of this depends on on the fitness of Miguel Amaron yeah. and the form of uh, Joseph Martinez. I believe it's just one goal in his last eight for Martinez, but we can't ignore the facts. He scored thirty-one goals this year. Yeah, they got my vote for the MVP. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't understand an argument for anybody else. I, I sort of would listen to the arguments of Ibrahimović because of him essentially turning the LA Galaxy season around single-handedly. Yeah. But for me, how can you score 31 goals and not be the MVP? So yeah. anyway, um, for me, if Martinez is playing uh, back to the level we know he can, if Almiron is good to go and he's back playing and, and, and he's uh, in, in the, the form and the level that we all know he can be, for me, I think, again, over two legs... I think Atlanta have got the better of the chance. But <laughs> this is MLS. And I, I would have said this last year as well, when they played Columbus, and Columbus beat them on penalties. Mm-hmm. So I, I am partial to a Cinderella story. Yeah. <laughs> and in in my opinion, if if the Red Bulls if the Red Bulls play like they do, fast, expansive, fluid football, I, I think this will be a really high scoring game. Mm-hmm. And it'll be end-to-end. This is what I'm hoping for, anyway. It'll be end-to-end. Goals galore. Great advertisement for the league. But I just think overall, for me, if Almiron and Martinez are there, mm-hmm. I just think Atlanta have too much.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, I, I... In some ways, I think Atlanta might have the hot, the hot, the greatest variance between floor and ceiling in terms of how their playoffs are going to go mm-hmm. because of Almarone and Martinez and exactly how much Martinez's sort of relative scoring slump is attached to Almarone's absence. Yes. you know, so like if Almarone is ready to go, but it turns out that Martinez still isn't scoring well, then I think that's a problem. Yep. If Almarone's not back, even if Martinez is. Scoring better theoretically, he's not going to see as much of the ball without Mm -hmm. Elmerone getting it to him. They're also they they will also have to lean on Barco a lot more, and he's obviously been somewhat of a a wild card in terms of production over the over the season. He's young; he's He's eighteen. So um, so so Atlanta seems to have this this big variance um, in in what could happen. Uh, I do like Red Bulls with a home advantage. I mean, having getting the chance to play at home, obviously, in any situation. I picked DC to beat Atlanta again, mostly because I'm making a bracket that is a differential bracket. Yep, like, correct. if that happens, then I will pay. It will pay off for me,
1: right? <laughs> I mean, absolutely, yeah.
0: Right. Uh, okay. So let's say so the final then would be SKC, and for you it's Atlanta. Yes. Okay. And between SKC and Atlanta, <sighs> I now now I don't know if is that, would that be played in. Kansas City or that be played in Atlanta I have to look at their
1: record you nice. have to have a look at the records won't you yeah uh
0: talk while I'm looking I I mean look for, for <laughs> me
1: just in terms of the game in general I mean I, I actually don't think in a game like this the venue matters okay I really don't um I just it, it's a toss of the coin I I okay <laughs> I, I just for me sporting Kansas City are the most organized team in the playoffs. Yeah. They're in fine I believe form, it will be
0: in Kansas City, based on record.
1: Which would be great. I mean, like as I said, I don't think the venue matters but sure. with these two teams. But I just, for me, I, so, so Bob Bradley got my, my vote for Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Had it not have been him, I would have gone with Vermees again. Because it's time and time and time again, he consistently delivers. And he churns out such wonderful players. He... he he has such a, a fabulous system in Kansas City. But then do you go with, the, you know, the Cinderella story has been the theme of these playoffs. Do you go with, it'll you know, it'll be the last game for Tata Martino at Atlanta? Yeah, yeah.
0: That could <sighs> cut either way. you know I think Tata so leaving saying, yeah. is one of those things where it could be galvanizing mm-hmm. or it could be kind of deflating like if right. they if, if they if they if they get through the early the, the conference uh, semis, let's say, but just squeak by mm. and Almarone is either back and not 100% or not back or whatever, you know it could be one of those things that wears on them mm-hmm. like even if they keep going but they're not doing well yep. um, you know like I sort of feel like if they get past like let's say let's say my uh, situation Let's say my prediction holds up and D.C. beats Red Bulls and then faces Atlanta and Atlanta um, defeats D.C., but not not authoritatively. Sure. Heading into the cup final, having beaten a lower seed that was a Cinderella, that could be I feel like that might that might hurt your confidence, especially if they have to go to Kansas City. Again, I maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't matter as much, but just have, having, having seen how much the field matters in a lot of i mean that's more true in the regular season i think than the postseason. Yeah, but yeah. i mean in skc is i mean that's a tough that's a tough venue i mean yeah, they're absolutely very good at home
1: so and, and, and look, both both teams are great at home and, and i know people may make the argument that, that the turf might may play its part in atlanta sure. i one off game I, I really don't think it matters i yeah. really don't but um for me if that if that were to come to pass for me the the key there again is if Almiron is is good to go if if ilie sanchez has a good game that day, I think sporting Kansas City will win it. Yeah. But if he doesn't and Al is able to create, that's an issue. Also, with the way that Kansas City have their fullbacks maneuvering forwards, I just think Atlanta can get in behind some as well. Vulnerability you know? there. yeah. So cool. I look as I said it's a toss of the coin, it really, really is. Yeah. But I I just think it's so unpredictable these these playoffs. Um I, I just but this is why we love this league, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just it's just carnage. Yeah, it's complete <laughs> chaos. Yeah, and I love
0: it. So SKC versus Atlanta. What's your what's your what's your
1: final verdict? Um, I will go Sporting. Yeah,
0: I like Sporting. I like Sporting to win it. Um, I. I was talking about this in the office earlier. As as an employee of Minnesota United and someone who has watched Sporting Kansas City and Minnesota United games, um, I dislike Sporting Kansas City um, just for winning, uh, mostly just for winning. <laughs> um, but as a as a as a non uh, partial supporter, like if I was just if I was just a fan who was watching this league, I feel like I would really gravitate towards SKC because of things like I really liked the Spurs in the NBA, and I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of parallels there in terms of. A figure like Greg Popovich, or a figure like Peter Vermees, who is, controls so much of how the feel of the team is, yep. and gets gets the right guys, and not just because they're great players independently, but because they will work in that system. And it's very uh, there's a great understanding of the market. Like San Antonio is not a huge market, mm. Kansas City's not a huge market. It's like what it takes to be good is to be incredibly disciplined and efficient and effective with every decision you make. Yep, and I really I really admire that. As much as I hate it, because it means because Minnesota United has lost them. But. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I just, uh, I,
1: I just really, I saw, so I, I ended up, re- obviously we were on the air, but I, I ended up rewatching uh, Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, um, when I got home on on the Monday, and uh, against certain, <clears throat> against certain systems, excuse me, Kansas City and the way they play, I, I've never seen anything like it in Major League Soccer before. The, the only time I've seen it. Is with Guardiola and Manchester City. And, and I'm not comparing <laughs> Man City and Sporting Kansas City. I'm not comparing Guardiola and Vermees. It's, it's a spiritual comparison. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've just not seen it before when. And, and it was so apparent against Minnesota United when, when we went there. The two fullbacks, how they go. And in any system, you'd be like, right, the fullbacks are gone, great, the holding midfield will drop, sure, no problem at all. But then they, they pack the midfields. With the fullbacks, the fullbacks tuck in. Mm-hmm. They tuck inside.
0: Yeah, that was I really I mean, how many shots did
1: Zussi and, and Sonovic have that day? Yeah, yeah. That and overlapping into the inside, inside is super interesting. And I was like, I, I've never seen this before. Um, and uh, again, look, I, <laughs> I've, I've said more than enough times I'm a fan of the I just I just think, f- for me, they're against certain systems. They are so difficult to play against. And we saw it there. We saw it over the weekend against LAFC. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of the way that they play the game. Mm-hmm. I, I just think overall, for me, that they're, they're the most organised team out of the lot. They're in fine form moving forwards, and also I think with we, Sporting Kansas City as well, that the last, I think it's the last four years they've gotten knocked out at the knockout stage. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of, of want there that there, there is. Almost the chip on the shoulder of sports in yeah. Kansas City now as well because the last time they got anywhere close to, to where they will be in the conference semifinals was the year they went and won the whole thing. So, right. you know, I just I just think that this could be their year.
0: Yeah, I like it. All right, so we're going to close with uh, a little bit about Halloween. Now, do you Whoa. have – Ooh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. Um I need like the lightning crash and then like cackling witch. So Tyson, doll Tyson that can you do that make. for us? That'd be
1: great. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So, how? Tell me about British Halloween.
1: Oh, it's crap. Yeah. Compared to you it's guys, just garbage. Right? Yeah. It's just. I mean,
0: your candy is awful to begin with. What? Like it's all licorice and no way. <laughs> it's I've, all I've, spotted okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> and they give that out.
1: Well, look. I t- so I'm, I'm going. Tell back me about um, little Callum
0: Williams going trick or treating.
1: Well, so I didn't really do it that much to be honest. I mean it. Yes, it's a thing in England, but okay. not to the extent that you guys sure. do. Much, much like the celebration as well. Okay. Um, on Sunday after the game in Columbus, we uh, we went out and, and had a, a beer and whatnot. And um, there were people celebrating all over the place. And I just kind of thought to myself, "This we don't really dress up like you guys and whatnot. But but what I will do, I, ha, I will Did take, you dress
0: up as a kid? Did you ever dress up in Hollywood? I'm sure I did, okay. yeah, but I
1: don't really remember properly doing it. Okay. But what, what I will say is, so I, I'm going back to England during portion of the off season i will bring you back some british candy all right and Let's do a taste test my word if you tell me that it's bad i'm gonna punch you all right because it's right. good
0: I'm, I'm down for it you,
1: you you guys make supreme candy obviously everyone well, knows sure. around the world yes like, so you, we're gonna talk candy too yes but um there are so many great candies in England. what's an
0: example of a great british candy
1: oh let me think what did i grow up on so the, the the one which is the, the obvious one, which I think you, you might even be able to get it here now. I don't know. It's just like Dairy Milk, which is just like your guys' Hershey kind of
0: okay, chocolate like a milk wrap. chocolate. Yeah, okay. I think
1: Hershey's is terrible, by the way.
0: Yeah, Hershey's is not great compared to Dairy Milk. I I would have to do an A B test to to check on that. But I mean, I, I admit that Hershey's milk chocolate is 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 very default. Like, it's good to melt onto graham crackers with marshmallows if you're making Yeah, sports, but you're just not going to eat it. No. So, nah. You
1: know, I mean, no. Um, there's, there's loads. I, I can't think right now. But I mean. <laughs> Look at this. While. You put him on the spot. He's been, got nothing. It's, well, it's been a while since I've eaten British candy, so I'm just trying to think. Sure. Um, I mean, your teeth
0: are terrible, right? Yep. So the absolutely. candy must be good.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a conclusion. That, that is it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to think, but okay. uh, I mean, cause you bring
0: me back some candy. I'll bring you back some
1: candy. We'll do, we'll we'll do it
0: live you know, on the podcast. I we'll will check out properly. the candy. Um, It'll be great. I'll be talking with
1: candy in my mouth. It'll be awesome. There's things like like a, a, a double decker over there, which is just okay. Like, I mean, it, the, the name speaks for itself It's like chocolate on chocolate, like a double decker. Okay, like you know, it's really really good. Um, All right, this loads. I tell you, if, if anybody wants to try any British candy, uh, there is a little selection at Brits. Okay. In, in Minneapolis, there is some there. So, okay. Um, I have often gone there to try some candy amongst um, several British. Beers, I, just, but, you know.
0: I just imagine British candy as being like raisins on a stick, or like just <laughs> like just something terrible, you know. Like I don't know. Anyways, um, so okay. So costumes. So did you do you remember any costumes? Did you ever? I mean, do you have?
1: <sighs> I mean, I I, I may very well have dressed up as like a cowboy or something, I have no okay. idea, I just, I, Okay. I, my, I, hear you. I hear you. my, Halloween experience was very bland compared to most people's, I'm assuming in this country, I just, it's just not a massive thing in England, you know, yeah. we, we are getting better at it, and, and okay. I remember last time I was back in England during the off season, um, I remember Skyping with my, my best mate Carl, who was out at a party somewhere, and everyone was dressed up, and, and there was cobwebs hanging from the ceiling, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, um, but we we don't really do it as as wild as as you yeah. guys do here which which goes for most things to be honest but um sure. you you guys do take things over the top, which i love yeah <laughs> um, i I remember um going um down there was a candy cane lane in Kansas City a couple of years ago, okay, and it was just the whole street was was lit up like mm. there was candy canes that were just um you know sticking out the side of the road and and all all lit up and and glistening and whatnot and um the houses were ridiculously overdressed like glowing beyond belief and whatnot and my first thought was well your electricity bill is going to be outrageous (laughs) but uh, i I just you know you you maybe get one or two houses like that in england and us being very british we're just like look (laughs) at that guy we don't like the limelight on us and everything you know so i mean it's just very different but i mean um as i said you guys do it way over the top but that's why everyone loves you guys It's like oh look at these guys sure just doing it as big as they possibly can and as i said that that experience when i walked down that candy cane lane with my wife it was just like this is ridiculous it's absolutely absurd yeah but i get it well well done yeah it
0: is absurd (laughs) um I was trying to think about uh, costumes. I have two children now, and they are interested in going as various things for Halloween. Like,
1: I think you might be a good pirate.
0: Um, I, I could do a pirate. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's been a really long time since I've dressed up. I am not. I'm not like a a, a big Halloween guy. I don't know. Man. With adult, what so. you were
1: wearing in the office the other day, I was wondering. I but don't what, know. what
0: was I wearing in the office?
1: The other day? It was like a plaid shirt and something. A sweater? Is that no, out, no, no, outlandish for? No, no, no. For, uh, no, no, no. The it was British? like a, a t-shirt underneath, like an open plaid shirt, and I was like. I see you've come as Tony Hawk today. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: you know it's it's the postseason is sort of like casual permanent permanent casual Friday. I feel like so, yes. or the off season, I guess, uh, for us. So, um, I was I did go as a Coke can one year when I was I think in fifth grade, where I like oh, I Coke I Coke. I, okay. I painted sandwich board by hand with the Coca Cola logo uh-huh. and stuff and put it on and I had a straw. That was like a big you know, uh, cardboard tube that was painted white. So, um, okay. so that okay. was pretty good.
1: I, I saw one, uh, Kindred St. Auburn showed me one uh, on her phone uh, over the, the weekend, and it was someone who had gone as a CVS receipt. <laughs> <laughs> it was li-
0: Interesting, I'll have to ask her about that one.
1: Yeah, and it was just literally a guy just, I don't even know how he did it, but it was just like paper that he'd, put together sure. and I think you might have printed out the receipt like massively and it was all down him. I'll, I'll let her explain too. you. That's, that's pretty sure. good. That's pretty good.
0: I, I made one for my when my oldest was three. She wanted to go as a pencil, which I don't know why she decided she wanted to go <laughs> as a pencil. But uh, for that, I, I did a lot of work. I got uh, a yellow sweatshirt and yellow uh, sweatpants and then I ironed onto the pants Ticonderoga, like with letters, okay. and then a number two uh, also. And she had pink <laughs> shoes and then I got her like a party hat that was like a slate gray party hat. Like, so, <laughs> so I was pretty proud of that. Uh, of course, the day came and then she didn't want to wear it because three year olds just do what they want. So okay, um, but
1: that that that's fabulous. I'm just memories triggering now, Steve. The, the only the only time I can remember in recent years of dressing up was I was actually in the U.S. and okay. the wife and I uh, decided to swap careers. Okay, so I so she's doing a, a PhD in chemical engineering and. and Far too smart for myself, but she. Um, so I, I dressed up as if I was going to work in a lab. Okay. And by the way, she finds it funny that I call it a laboratory and not a laboratory, but
0: laboratory. Yeah. How <laughs> like do you Dexter's mean. laboratory, you know, like it's- Laboratory.
1: <laughs> and she she went as a, a sports broadcaster. I see. Um, and I remember getting so much abuse that night. Because I looked like a dorky scientist, <laughs> um, and hey, if you're a dorky scientist, well done, you're smarter than all of us. Yep. Um, there was an element of me feeling slightly supreme. I kind of thought I know more <laughs> about everything than all of you right now. Right, just by wearing a lab coat. Just by wearing a lab coat yeah. and some glasses and whatnot, and I kind of felt I, I, think I could go and, and and tussle now with with rocket science. I, I felt a certain okay element of composure. It empowered and, you and absolutely. I see. Um, that's about it. All yeah. right, well, that's, a good, that's a good example.
0: Uh, let's touch on candy one more time. Uh, forget about the British candy. The U.S. candy. Mm. What do you favor in, in the United States for candy? What's your favorite?
1: Um, oh, what's it called? It's I, I'm a big um, there's stuff that you can like really chew on. It's not toffee, but it's um, so in England. In England, it's called uh, a refresher. Oh, what the? But the it's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, you know, like the... I don't know what the material's called. You know, like stuff that you... It takes a while to chew on. Okay. And it's filled with <clears throat> sugar or whatever or... I don't know. Like Charleston Chew? I have no idea what that is, but sure. Jeez. Yeah. It this sounds guy. great. It sounds yeah. great. Um, yeah. Nougat? Uh, no. No, no. It's not gum. You're not talking it's about not gum. <laughs> 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 what do you mean you're not supposed to eat it? <laughs> what do you
0: Americans call this stuff? it's uh, I'm doing like an Australian
1: accent. I can't um... I, I can't know what it's called. It, it, it's just like... A like chew, chew. We've had them in the video room for the last like, two weeks, I so. Okay. I just can't know what they're called. I've been okay. stuffing my face with Car- them. Caramel? No, it's not, it's not <laughs> caramel. It, it, <laughs> what is it? Oh, my word. You're, it's, a, you're a disaster.
0: I am. Um, Can we get a different guest next it's week? Post-season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's It's...
1: I don't know what it's called. I can't right. know what it's called.
0: Well, I'm going to put in my vote for Twix as the Twix best candy good. bar by volume. As long as no one here objects to this, because you get two in one, yeah. Right, exactly. See, I have no problem with that. Superior candy. (laughs) Uh, But in all seriousness, the thing I'm a uh, complete—I have a complete weakness for—is like orange slices, like the the uh, jelly pectin uh, sort of orange slices with a little sugar on them. So, like, I I love those. I
1: like gummy bears.
0: Gummy bears are good.
1: I feel like I could swim in gummy bears. They gotta be. (laughs) They gotta
0: be fresh. One problem with gummy bears is I feel How like if they you don't, stale? well, you know, as if they sit around for a while, they then they get a, little, then they, they become still don't a, the they, same, they, same, they turn into a refresher, so um, <laughs> they get very chewy.
1: Don't they taste? The, they surely they taste Nah, they the same get they wrong.
0: get weird. You got to like eat them quick. You can't let the gummy bears sit. Gummy worms are also good. The I, sour gummy worms.
1: Yes, yes. There's ooh, certain candy. There's actually, certain candy ooh. when I was a kid. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sour patch kids. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, that's
0: where I was gonna go with this. Awesome. I used to be able to eat Sour Patch Kids when I was a, a, in junior high, and I would eat them until the roof of my mouth was scraped raw. <laughs> at like you know, and it was like the closest you know is as somebody in junior high, the closest you could get to being drunk is just eating as much yeah. candy as possible with your friends. <laughs> so, um, but now it's like I have a Sour Patch Kid. I'm like, whew, I cannot.
1: Well, I cannot hack it. So your teachers often ask you, Steve, why is your mouth bleeding? Yeah, basically Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, it's always wow. all
0: Sour Patch Kids.
1: Wouldn't that sting?
0: Yeah. Oh, it hurt really bad, like the Dickens.
1: Wow. No um, chance. why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I was I was in junior high. You're not one of these weird people why? who like find pleasure in pain, are you? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. I mean it was just they were it was they tasted good. Okay. And then and the, the pain just came along with it. But um
1: You're a weird guy. Yeah, I am. What about
0: atomic <laughs> fireballs? Do you ever have those? Those are Atomic Fireballs. Yeah, they're like little hard candies. I feel like we're speaking different
1: languages. Oh, yeah. Already. So they're, and they're, it's like hot, they, it's
0: like the, spicy. They're not huge, not like, not like jawbreakers. But, jaw breakers, but well, like,
1: see, so this is the thing. This is another one, right? So you call them jawbreakers. We call them gobstoppers. Yeah. There's also, I
0: mean, I've heard of, go, I've heard gobstoppers. Okay, well. okay. So that's not um, as unusual as
1: okay. a refresher or whatever that. I have to go look. <laughs> I'm this bring up some look refreshers it. back for you. You're gonna love them.
0: I'm excited. You're going to England. and I'm gonna get a lot of candy out of it. So
1: exactly. i What this. were we just talking about? I don't know.
0: Let's wrap it up. Thanks for joining us for the 34th Sound Balloons podcast. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five star rating Uh, you can follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC you can follow Cal Williams at CalWilliams.com you can follow me at Steve Ventress and remember there's only one person in this whole world like you and people can like you exactly as you are